Yes. Do you watch that travel to France thingy? What's it? One of those holiday programmes? No, no, where they travel around France but on the bicycles and they go up all the illy illy things. Uh, oh, the, you mean the Tour de France? Uh, yeah. The that's... song that you were just um, humming to yeah. yourself there quite yeah, beautifully. Yeah, that's yes. what I said, the travel to France. Tour thingy. de France. So, do you watch it, do you? I do. Britain's doing very, very, very well. Oh, is they? Yes. Ah, I didn't know that. You know why I watch it, Dookie? Well, if you watched it, you would know that... No, (laughs) they're all just skinny boys on the bicycles. You can't tell them apart, can you? But you're aware that the person's been wearing the yellow jersey for many, 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 many weeks. I don't know. They're all wearing their PJs, ain't they? Uh, Lycra? PJs? I don't think so. No, they all look the same. I don't know. You tell them apart. They're all skinny boys on bicycles. You know they what are. I like? What do you like? I like it when the cameras, you know, they do the filmies from behind, right? right? And you get to see all the bums going swish, swish, swish. So you like some of those cycling bums? Yeah, they're all bums go all swishy, don't they, in their PJs? Swishy, swishy bums in their PJs. Now, I'm not really saying... I mean, they're all a bit skinny for me, personally. But they do have nice, swishy bums. So then I bought me Roy a bicycle, didn't I? Oh, how's he getting on? I bought him a bicycle and then, you know, when I help him, I push him off, don't I? I've got to push him off down the road so he can get a nice, you know, little wheelie-wheelie going. And I watch his bum go swish, swish, swish. Nice. And I make him wear his PJs while he does it too. Does he actually wear PJs or does he wear Yeah, he wears lycra. His, lo- no, his lovely flannel PJs. But they might get caught up into the chain and the cogs nah, and everything. we just put rubber bands around it, you know, oh, the right, rubber. old school. We use the rubbers, don't we, around his legs. Right, as you do. So I watch his bum go, ooh, swishy. Nice. I like a swishy bum, mate. And then with the, with the travel to France. You Tour get, de France. You get all them, you know, lots and lots of swishy bums. You certainly do, from around the world. Swishy bum. Oh, are they from different places then, is that? Yeah, it's not just... Well, yeah, it's the Tour oh, well, de France. It's oh, an international cycling competition. Oh, well, I thought they were just a bunch of young boys who just, you know, did the cyclist-cyclist for fun at the eels and night. It's really not just for fun. It's it's a competition. Anyway, this song lovely. It's beautiful.
Hello, 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 hello. Regular listeners to the Dookie Radio Show will be aware that there's been a bit of a gap since our last show. This was not planned. And we're not proud of the radio silence that has taken place. In a month that has been plagued with political uncertainty and catastrophic tragedy on planet Earth, summoning up the right state of mind for what is by nature a fun show has been challenging. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, the listener, for your patience. To put it in less than ornate words, radio silence sucks. We've had many brilliant guests who have visited our studio as of late. From rock and roll Hall of Fame winning veterans to emerging bands who are admirably braving a live scene and a music industry that is in a state of transition. Today's episode, however, will be guest-free. I may even ask myself questions to move things along from time to time. Like an analogue radio dial floating across the FM bandwidth, little snippets that celebrate the absurdity of modern life, both my own and in the world of entertainment, will reveal themselves as this episode progresses. It's been a summer of extremes thus far on the gig front for yours truly. From playing packed out festival stages, complete with crowd barriers and trapeze artists doing their things above us in mid-performance to, well, something completely different. Somewhere in the West Country, a part of England that I have a great affinity for, the band bus arrived, right onto the festival site, right in the heart of things. But rather than being met with the lush greenery that one would associate with rural Dorset, it appeared as though we just arrived onto a really bleak brownfield site with more pylons in the near vicinity than there were people in attendance at this festival. A bandmate, we noticed the visible signs of concern about the atmosphere or the lack of it on my face, tried to reassure me with the following comment that would echo around my head for the rest of the evening. There are pigs you can pet and a farting goat on sight. Quite. When one is dealing with creative people, the juggling act of dealing with busy schedules can be a delicate prospect, and this can make booking guests for the Dukey Radio Show a tricky prospect. The topsy and sometimes turvy world of rock and roll, there are other genres, can often overshadow a given artist's goodwill or intentions. And here, are some actual, rather than genuine, excuses for interview cancellations that I have received in the last few months. Ah, uh, there was a fire on my street, mate. I was homeless for the night. Too tired to make it to the interview. Can we do it another time? Busy night last night, mate. I was recording in one studio and mixing in the other. And I had to deal with our bass player being detained by the home office. Can we do it another time? Ah, uh, 
I was out with Pete Doherty last night. Uh, can we reschedule? Oh, sorry. Are we doing an interview today? Sometimes with the best will in the world, an interview doesn't happen. And it's particularly frustrating when I happen to really like the band. In the case of the London-based international musical ensemble, The Vultures, our very own Irene even prepared a little ditty for the gang in advance of their non-arrival, which you'll hear just after their own tune, The Weaker Storm, finishes its journey into your respective ear canals. By the weather, worn out by the weakest storm, we need to find each other. We need to find a reason for it all. If we stand together, if we stand to make us tall, we might be undefeated. And then we'll find a reason for it all. By the weather, worn out by the weakest storm, we need to find each other. We need to find a reason for it all. If we stand together, if we stand to make us tall, we might be undefeated, and then we'll find a reason for it all.
pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge, may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. She likes to clean. I popped into Slutty Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? I just got back from Glastonbury. Of course, it rained there on the first day, so everything got traditionally dirty. The guy in the tent next to mine saw me with my bottle of disinfectant and asked if I could give him a hand. I said I could, and so I gave his pole a thorough polishing. Turns out he lives not far from me, so since we've been home, he's been calling on my assistance for his other needs. So today I've mostly been helping my Glastonbury friend clean and dismantle his massive tent. God, Jesus, my hemorrhoids hurt. In Britain, our food is largely beige and our drinks are either brown or amber-coloured. And that's where the base level of variety usually resides in the UK, usually with the addition of batter if it involves a programme that deals with anything Scottish, which probably explains our nation's fascination with healthy eating programmes on television. Those who regularly travel on the Zeitgeist Express will be aware that superfoods are very now, very in, on trend, and should be residing comfortably in your stomach as you're listening to this. You feel good, don't you? Another trend are those in-depth studies, usually presented by Dr Mosley, which help you to achieve an impressive health goal by doing something decidedly simple. But more about these health study types of programmes later. 
Superfoods The Real Story is a Channel 4 offering that's presented by Kate Quilton. Resembling a hybrid of Michaela Strachan and Cherry Healy, the affable if sometimes patronising Quilton travels the world and everywhere in search of magical ingredients that will instantaneously improve our health and well-being by simply being introduced alongside our beige meals and amber beverages and the odd, battered whatever. Quilton, who sports a haircut that is both long and short, but isn't a mullet, travels to remote locations in Morocco and Japan, dons local frocks, and samples ingredients that probably cost as much as a two-bedroom detached house in central Detroit. And this got me thinking. A recent instalment of Superfoods The Real Story extolled the virtues of saffron. Regular listeners will know that the namesake of Republica's lead singer has been featured on the Dookie Radio Show via our on-air consumption of Yuletide eggnog. And yes, we confirmed in our own unscientific way that the expensive strands of saffron goodness helped to make one's problems magically go away alongside a healthy supply of warmed-up spirits. Yum. But what if Quilton was to do a more realistic and scientific survey? I have a proposal. Down in the dumps. Low. Depressed. Off. Shit. Planning a one-way trip to Beachy Head. These words and phrases are synonymous with one thing, depression. But did you know that you might be able to eat yourself happier? Saffron has been considered by many scientists to be nature's own antidepressant. And we're going to find out if this magical ingredient is a depression cure by examining the results of three very different depressed groups. We're going to be looking at audience members at a Morrissey concert, a Samuel Beckett play, and a Ken Loach film retrospective. Dr. Rashid Steinberger will be offering specially blended saffron tea to the withdrawn culture vultures after the performances have ended, and our team of statisticians will examine their moods before and after the delicious and expensive-as-fuck beverages have been consumed. Dr. Michael Mosley is a likeable chap with a willingness to put himself forward and... B-Film taking part in numerous medical exercise and diet trials on television. They decided this might form the basis for a truth drug, an interrogation drug. Now, I'm going to have a go. OK, so I'm actually feeling quite anxious at the moment. Sodium thiopental has a reputation, not just as a truth drug, but also because it's used in lethal injections. Mosley's have-a-go attitude has made him a mainstay on our screens. He's a bit like the Stevo of medicine. That said, the types of programmes he's been fronting recently are well and truly scraping the bottom of the barrel of the you may need to try this to save, prolong or never end your life format. So much so that this idea for a potential new programme that I came up with, I may actually pitch it to him. I think there may be some mileage in it. 
Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley, and this is Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. Tonight, we're going to find out the best way for you to shift all the weight before you get to the pearly gate. Different cultures have different attitudes towards death, but particularly with those who have open caskets at funerals, there's a growing concern for people to look good even when they've moved on. Death need not mean that you're style bereft, and we'll be looking at ways that your last years can be your lightest. This is Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. That is not even remotely funny. With the advent of social media becoming increasingly influential in the delivery of news, the sound bites of the average man, woman, transgender person have become a regular feature on television screens, along with their tweets and emails. Recently, some British sports fans got up to some nasty shenanigans on the continent. Thanks to video capturing the vile behaviour of our nation's fans abroad, Channel 4 News recently tracked down one of the main participants in action. The interview went something like this. How do you feel about this footage of you behaving like a cunt? I don't know, really. I was just a bit drunk. Would you say that you were a drunken cunt? Maybe, like I said, I was just a bit drunk. But do you agree the behaviour was indeed cunty? Not really, more drunky than cunty. I'm not being an hypochondriac or nothing, but I think I've got chlamydia. For many people, the humble Volvo estate car, or station wagon, as it's known in other parts of the world, is the ultimate suburban family vehicle. An ideal means to get a family with two kids and a Labrador from point A to point B. My own Volvo 850 SE estate car, however, is very different. It's a rock and roll touring machine that's transported musicians and musical equipment to gigs across Europe. It's seen many venues and encountered even more smells. Now we're going to find out what smells in Dookie's car this week. Bonsoir. Here's a song about a man with a car and a big problem. Do you want to guess what smells in Dookie's car? of that whiff What is causing that nasty nip Investigating that funky punk in Dukey's car This week my Volvo does indeed have a smell It's the smell of victory Manufactured in 1995, my British racing green Swedish chariot has clocked some 160,000 miles. Originally owned by the London Irish, a rugby team featuring strong and sometimes odiferous men, it's been living the tour dog life since I purchased it some seven years ago. And despite being 21 years young and looking battered, my beloved Volvo 850 SE passed its MOT 
with flying colors. The smell of victory. And now you know what cars at home into Blimey, mate. Is you taking the piss with that smell or what? Hey, Gwendolyn, that ballroom sure looks swell. Here's a tune so nice you're gonna wanna draw sweet nothings on the back of your ration book. Here we go. It's a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover, a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover, a cover, of a cover, of a cover, of a cover. It's a cover, of a cover, and a cover, of a cover. It's a cover of a cover. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. Enough said. Get me Glenn Miller on the phone. Hey, what? Is he missing? What? What gives? It's a cover of a cover. What we do is to take a famous song such as... Which most people out there in Radioland might not realise is in fact a cover of a far less successful original version. We'll wax lyrical about the famous version... Oh, that's Tiffany. She was fit. She used to like perform in like shopping malls and stuff. Years before Avril Levine or whatever her name is. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to be alone with her. We'll then play a generous helping of the original version, which in this particular case is Tommy James and the Shondells. Children behave. That's what they say when we're together. We'll then round everything up by playing a sexy, full-length version of a cover of a cover which in this particular case is Snuff, with their unique take on I Think We're Alone Now. And that is what Cover of a Cover is all about. In a time when unions are dividing, borders are changing and nations are being transformed into groups of individual states, or at least attempting to, it's fitting that the track featured in this instalment of Cover of a Cover highlights the ever-changing human geography of a planet. It can be really confusing, and you sense that confusion in the song Istanbul by They Might Be Giants. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's church delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, now Constantinople, so if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. With its quirky melodic sensibility and American college kid sense of humour, Istanbul is a trademark song for They Might Be Giants. For a good reason as well, it's very much them. Or should I say, they. But alas, this is actually a cover of a far less famous original by The Four Lads. Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, been a long time gone, old Constantinople, still a Turkish delight on a moonlit night. 
Every gal in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople. So if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. Take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Liked it better that way. Take me back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the text. Istanbul. You say Istanbul, I say Constantinople. Let's call the whole thing off, you shit. And here's Terence Zadunich doing a badass Russian version of Istanbul, a track made famous by They Might Be Giants, but recorded originally by the four lads. And now a little bit Russian for your ears. Hello. Every guy in Constantinople lives in Istanbul, not Constantinople. If you have debt in Constantinople, I'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't see. I did better that way, so take me back to Constantinople. Been long time gone, Constantinople, why Constantinople is worse. That's nobody's business, but the time. Hey, Mario, do you know what I want? Nah, how am I supposed to know what you really want? Well, I'm gonna tell you. I wanna what? I wanna what? I really, 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 really wanna. Hey, ain't that the Spice Girls? No, it's not, buddy. They won't be invented for another 50 years. So what do you want then? A dwarf. A dwarf? Yes, a dwarf. You mean like a, a little poison? Or a midget? A midget? Yes, a midget. But 70 years into the future, when people be listening to this, it'll be politically incorrect to say the word midget. Well, I don't want to be incorrect or political. So what's with the dwarf then? 
I'll tell ya. Dwarves give me dwarves, I need dwarves. How come you want them so big? Dwarves, I want dwarves, any kind of dwarf. Don't call them a midget. Dwarves and videos, music promo videos. We've got the dwarves and we got the bits. Dwarves and videos. The year is 1981. Danny Elfman, yes, that very man who wrote the Simpsons theme and scored more films than you could possibly remember, is fronting an LA band called Oingo Boingo. And they release a single for the MTV generation called Little Girls. The promo video for it, which you can easily find on YouTube, there are other streaming sites, will reveal the following. Four. Count them four vertically challenged extras, dwarves if you will, tormenting the lead singer Elfman while he extols his appreciation of little girls. You also get to see Danny Elfman on a date and imagining that the lady he's with, an adult, is becoming younger and younger, eventually morphing into a lolly sucking girl in pigtails. I'm not making this stuff up. There's also footage of the Oingo Boingo frontman enjoying an in-bed slumber party of 20-something ladies dressed up as little girls and 90s, all hitting him with pillows, all sporting pigtails. And the following lyrics punctuate the proceedings. I love little girls, they make me feel so good. I love little girls, they make me feel so bad. And one more thing, the dodgy subplot of the video almost made me forget. The four dwarves in the video have some fantastic syncopated dancing with Elfman. That's a highlight in a video with very few of them. It's a video that hasn't dated well. I can't imagine it being loved all that much back then either. But then, Jimmy Savile... <sighs> anyway, here's the tune. Oingo Boingo, Little Girls. Make your own mind up.
Well, that's your lot. With regards to the last track we featured, Oingo Boingo's Little Girls, I would like to make it clear that I am not trying to accuse Elfman of being in league with Jimmy Savile. Perhaps in an L.A. humour type of way, Oingo Boingo were trying to highlight the dangers of paedophilia and were indirectly trying to make parents and the general public vigilant about it. There are parallels, I suppose, with Maurice Chevalier's Thank Heavens for Little Girls. That said, that ditty hasn't dated very well either. I do urge you to watch the Oingo Boingo video in any case. It's very much of its era in the visual stakes, despite the dodgy subplot. And do make your own mind up and let me know how you feel. It's been a challenging time for us humans on planet Earth. And there are simply too many painful goings-on around the world to even go there in the banter stakes. It's good to be back with a new Dukey Radio show in any case, and I hope you enjoyed this solo outing. You've been listening to Festivals and Farting Goats. My name is Dukey, and as you might have gathered, I've been your host. Until next time... May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now I need to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. On Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. Dukey Radio Show.